Hey, I'm Lauren. And I'm Carrie. And we planted a church. And we didn't know what the heck we were doing. But now we kind of do. I mean, it's uh, survived 10 years. And we're still married, so that's good. So we made this podcast for couples like us. We're following God's lead to start a new church. Because church planting is really, really hard. So we're here to walk you through some of the steps along the way, help you think about some of the challenges you might face, and talk about how your marriage can not just survive, but thrive while planting a church. Welcome to the Church Planting Together podcast. You're listening to episode one. So we just wanted to kind of share a little bit of our story and hopefully encourage other people that are um, just as normal as we are. So, <laughs> or abnormal. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes we, we feel like we're maybe slightly below average, but yeah. we um, have seen great things with that. And that's exciting. It's really exciting. But hard. But hard. Yeah. Um, I'm Carrie. And I'm Lauren. And we've been married since 2003, Mm -hmm. so we're going on 18 years here. And we moved to Utah in 2010, about 10 years ago, to plant a church. There wasn't a lot of churches here when we got here. We're in a part of Utah that does not have a lot of evangelical Christian churches. And so uh, that was a little bit of a challenge and uh, a little bit of uh, uh, weird of, of... why we decided to come here. So we want to share a little bit of that uh, today. But, uh, you know, I think the theme of what we will probably want to talk about is that we're pretty normal people. We don't, we're not big, flashy, uh, you know, fancy people, but I think we definitely believe that God can do great things through us and, uh, you know, believe them enough to test them on that and, and try something <laughs> out and see what uh, what he would do. But we really... You know, looking back, I had no idea what we were getting ourselves into 10 years ago trying to do a church plant here. Yeah, we would literally lay in bed at night and laugh and say, what in the world are we doing? Um, Because we are, we're just, I feel like we're just average Christians. And there was even a point where Lauren was like, oh, I don't ever want to be a lead pastor. I'm a great number two guy. And Mm. then God just did something and... He went from one day saying, I never want to be a pastor to, I think a year later, we were literally in Utah. <laughs> yeah. God can flip the script pretty quick from time to time. And uh, I think both of us kind of had some experiences like that where we were, um, got to a point in our life where we started talking about what 10 years down the line might look like. And then God kind of made it like a six month thing, <laughs> you know, it was, that happened, uh, very fast, but I think that there's probably a lot of couples that that might share some experiences like that. They, they're just going along in life and feel a real strong call of God in their life and decide uh, what to do with that. And so we all have to kind of, you know, figure out how we're going to respond to God and what He uh, what He calls us to do. And that's one of the thing, themes. Also, I think that we can talk about in something like this is that really even from the beginning, this was something that God was doing in us as a couple, as a married couple, not just me or not just you, but it was something that we both felt compelled and called to do together. And, uh, and I don't, I don't find that, I don't find it abnormal for couples for plant, especially church planting couples to talk about, um, them, you know, feeling a call together towards something. Um, but, uh, we haven't seen a lot of resources out there that, that really dealt with the call in that sense or the church plant in those terms. Yeah, the together. There are things for church planting wives. There are a few things or articles and some people have written some books that I really appreciated. But every time we've met with a church planting couple, 
it seemed to me like the spouse was just as much a part of the church plant and the vision and the heart as the church planter. And there are different challenges, I think, that go into church planting than go into other ministries. And I know for me specifically, our church kind of feels like my third child. (laughs) And I am just as much a part of it, but there were a lot of challenging times where I didn't feel like I could be as much of a part of it because I had two toddlers and my husband's off having coffee with people, meeting with people, going to all the conferences, and I'm watching kids all the time. And I really love being able to help um, church planting couples work together because there were a lot of things that Lauren either did or didn't do at the time that later we learned, oh, this works for us now that um, I'm hoping that we can share with other people so that they don't struggle through as much as we did. And I guess that's one of the themes that you can weave throughout a lot of this is that church planting really affects uh, your whole life. It's not yeah. like a subdivided category of your life that you can kind of church plant here and family life here and whatever. It's sort of, it seems like even more than than just in ministry, because we were in five, five and a half years, we had, uh, I was an associate pastor elsewhere. And yeah, we were a team together and everything like that. But it did feel like church planting sort of elevated that uh, meshingness of all of our, you know, life and ministry together in a way that was even more challenging than just as an associate somewhere else. Yeah. And I have to take a moment to apologize to the wife of the pastor of that church, <laughs> because now I get it. They also were a church planting couple. Mm-hmm. And there were some things that she said that I'm like, what? And I would get really upset, but now I get it. <laughs> it was her third child too, yeah. or second child. But it was her child, too. And so if anyone criticized that, it causes a a motherly reaction. And to that church planter's wife, I apologize. I get it. And I love you. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, that's that's something else we've seen is is, uh, how difficult that can be, kind of putting in uh, other people involving other people in your ministry. And we'll have to talk about that as we... Uh, as we go over, but um, I get a chance to sit down um, each week uh, or or each month with a couple different um, planters right now and talk about strategy and all that kind of stuff. But but we don't always get to sit down with whole families and, and have the wife and the husband together. We do that a little, but not as much as we'd like. And so this gives us a little bit of an opportunity to kind of have some of those conversations. And hopefully there's a couple other uh, church planting couples that'll listen in and be encouraged by some of what we get to talk about. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about our call? Should we? Yeah, I think one of the, I guess that's one of the first things that we uh, can talk a little bit about our, our call to ministry. And I have, I have a love hate relationship with this topic in, in some <laughs> ways, because I think even in seminary and in ministry, there was a lot, a lot of um, talk about, a pastor's call into ministry. And a lot of a lot of phrases like, you know, don't go don't go into pastoral ministry unless you have a very obvious and convicted call into ministry. And I feel like um there's there's I, I under I think I understand the the core of what's what they mean by that. I also feel like that sort of talk could have talked me out of pastoral mm-hmm. ministry because I'm not a person who has huge uh like visionary you know, audible, um, convicted calls that I feel like, oh, this was when 
God, you know, did this and said to me, you're going to do this or that or the other. For me, it was much more of a long, gradual process of God working in my heart, equipping me for what's next. And through relationships with other people, finding a heart that wanted to serve in in pastoral ministry, finding a heart that wanted to serve ultimately um, here in Utah. But that it wasn't like a big neon sign that that really said, this is your deal, you know, go and do it as much as that would have been nice. Yeah. It was kind of the opposite. You were saying, this is not my deal for a long time. People would even say, Lauren, you should plant a church. And he would say, why don't you guys go plant a church and I can come be pastor if you want. I can come teach. But he did not feel like he was the guy. And I think I saw the call that was given to him for Utah before he did. Yeah, I think so. And and so I don't know, like I I uh, I I I do understand the um the idea that some people will say if you can do anything else do it because this takes too much out of you, right? And mm-hmm. and so in a sense like I feel like yes, um it does take a lot. And so it's very important to not just do it on a whim and not do it, not go plant a church because you're dissatisfied with the church oh. that you're at right now. Like there's a lot of like reasons why I would tell someone not to plant a church. Right. But I also think that just as a Christian, we have a call to go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to commit to obey all that he's commanded. So there's like this general call on the life of every believer to advance the kingdom. And um, and then it's a matter of us as Christians assessing how the Spirit of God has equipped us and designed us and created us to fulfill that mission, and um, and then not running from it in a sense, right? <laughs> and so for a long time, even when I was a kid, you know, I had a lot of pastoral uh, people in my background. Uh, both my mom's and my dad's side had ministers, and my father was a minister for a time. His father was a minister for a long time. And people would ask me, are you going to be a pastor someday? And I would say, no. <laughs> like, I didn't, I, there's a rebellious side of me that I don't want people to feel like they know me or can can call that out in me before, you know. And so that was always a no for me. And um, I ended up going to college and was a philosophy and religion major. And, uh, and you know, what am I going to do with that? You know, <laughs> and, uh, uh, but just really intrigued with all that stuff. I thought I was going to be uh, teaching at a university or something, teaching the New Testament or, or something like that. And so I uh, went to a seminary that was very academically minded, but it was at seminary where really in serving in the local church there in field education and in serving uh, alongside uh, folks bringing a, a, a church service to an elderly home. It was really through those experiences that I really started feeling uh, uh, like I wanted to be moving in a different direction. Instead of academia, I wanted to be moving into just uh, relationships with people and bringing the gospel to people uh, in a in real life and not just in an academic setting, but people where they're where they're hurting and where they're lost and where they uh, need the the message of hope. Really felt compelled, like I want to bring that to people, and uh, really from that moment saw some doors open in ministry, and we stepped into ministry as an associate in uh, in Fresno, where where I had been raised, and so uh, brought you along into a, <laughs> kind of a crazy environment in that way, and uh, and through our time there, uh, really was challenged ultimately into to where we're at. But that's uh, kind of another story. Do you want to add anything to that point? Uh, yeah, 
I always had a heart for ministry, but didn't know exactly what that would look like. Um, I was someone who always wanted to be a wife and a mom, and that's not really how you something you can work towards. And so I was ready to, if I was going to be a sing, single missionary, I was ready to go do that too. So I always was just open to whatever God had. And then um, getting married, that changed. Now we're a team. And so then, I mean, that was hard too. I always thought I was flexible, but learned that that was only when I had 100% control over <laughs> over my life. And so now I'm married, and my husband's ministry is where where we're going. And so when he became a college pastor, actually every stage I had to find my ministry, and that never stopped because as a church planting couple even we'll get into he has a very clear role and mine seems to be changing constantly. So <laughs> might not be true for everybody, but it's been a struggle, but also a time of growth for me. I think both of us, when we were, uh, even when we were dating and then engaged and then married in those early years, uh, I think both of us had a sense of, we uh, want to do what um, God would have for us, but we don't know what that is right yeah. now. <laughs> I think we probably just thought, uh, you know, whatever that is, we want that for us, but hard to know at this point what mm-hmm. it is. I didn't have, like some people might, uh, a real strong conviction toward we're going to do this or I'm going to go do that. And so that's kind of why, one of the reasons why I say this is a little bit for average folk. This is this kind of podcast is for average people because some people, if you're the kind of person that you were just born knowing <laughs> that you were going to go, you know, to uh, Madagascar and share the gospel there and plant a church, whatever, like you probably need a different podcast, right? Because <laughs> there's probably podcasts for people like that. Ours is a much more, or at least mine, and I think our journey has been a lot more kind of winding and slow and um, coming to a place where where we're having to trust God at every step because we every step. don't have neon signs or emails that God sends us. He says, go. And then we're like, okay, so what does that mean? <laughs> like, how do we, like, what are, what does going look like for us? And it could be different for different couples, right? But he sort of equipped us and gave us the gifts and talents and abilities that he gave us and the spiritual gifts to, uh, enable the kind of ministry that he would have. And we just had to play that by ear. So while we were at our church in Fresno, uh, we had um, been encouraged to seek domestic missions. I had wanted to do international missions. And at the time there were some limitations because uh, financially. And so we were kind of directed to look for uh, domestic missions. And so I wanted to provide cross-cultural ministry experience for our college students at the time. And so we connected with a group called Stand to Reason. I'd had some exposure and some interaction with them in college. And uh, and we were able to connect with Brett Kunkel, part of Stand to Reason at the time. Now he runs Maven, uh, Maven Truth. And so um, we uh, organized a few mission uh, mission trips with him. So we took our kids. First, we went on one that was more service oriented without Brett uh, into Hurricane Katrina cleanup kind of stuff and had a good time with that. But then we wanted to do some evangelistic ministries. And so we went to, with him and Standard Reason to uh, Berkeley to interact with folks that have a whole different worldview and and uh, and try to bring the Christian worldview onto the campus. And so that was interesting. And 
then we connected with uh, Brett also to bring some college students down to Utah and do ministry here in Utah, which I kind of in my head sort of thought of it like, so in Fresno where we live, there's a, uh, a pretty sizable um, community of members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. There's a sizable community of them there. And... Um, uh, not overwhelming, but there's a subcurrent of that. And I guess I sort of envisioned Utah as a flip of that, where there'd be this undercurrent of Christianity, but, you know, largely dominated more by uh, the LDS culture. So we, you know, Fresno is a, a pretty Christianized, it's not all Christian. You could plant more churches there <laughs> and see more Christians, but there's like 500 churches or something in Fresno alone, you know? And so there's a lot of Christians, a lot of Christian involvement there. And I envision that as kind of the opposite here. And so when we got here on short-term missions, I was just blown away that we would go through uh, just city after city and not see Christian churches. I think there were uh, about 200 or so Christian churches in the whole state, and most of those are fairly small by national standards of what a church should or what typical churches look like. And so we were um, coming with our team, I think it was our first scout team, and I remember going through all these places and just feeling like, what is this? This feels like the twilight zone or something. <laughs> we're just going in all these places, there aren't Christian churches. And uh, and it was just blowing blowing my mind that we were in America, and this was sort of the, the case that I didn't expect that. Yeah, and I had stayed home because I was pregnant with our first child and I was at my best friend's house and I got a phone call from Lauren and I could hear in his voice something I had never heard before. And I hung up the phone and I told my best friend, I think I'm moving to Utah. <laughs> and she's like, what? And I said, yeah, I have never heard that in him. Lauren is the most emotionally stable person. And I heard something different in his voice. And at that moment, I just knew I'm, I'm going to be in Utah someday. No, I didn't think it would be as soon as it was, but at that point I totally knew. And I'm a little slow. So like, <laughs> it wasn't like I felt right at that moment we're moving to Utah. She could sense that that, that was a trajectory before, <laughs> before I could, <laughs> but, but, uh, but I, but I took three or four more trips with our college students down here over the course of the next year or two. And every time it was a little bit more feeling like, um, why has the Christian world not invested here? And so this whole the state is like part of the 1040 window in terms of missions. And uh, I haven't, I hadn't heard of anybody coming to Utah to plant a church. And so um, uh, really started feeling like maybe, maybe God would, would, uh, would want more churches planted here. And what, what would that look like? And so we started, you know, uh, Looking into that a little bit, um, uh, by God's hand, I was in a uh, doctoral program at Talbot, and one of the guys in the in the class um, had actually just planted a church in Utah a few years prior, and so uh, I, you know, connected with him and uh, picked his brain a lot about that, and he was very helpful for us in our own uh, in our own story here as well. But and as was his wife, and as as <laughs> his wife indeed, yeah. We got to spend time with them, and uh, and they both sort of walked us through their uh, first couple years of ministry here, and so that was super helpful. But at some point, started feeling like I mean, I remember we were in Fresno still doing ministry. We had bought a house. Um, I had just gotten a promotion at work <laughs> that 
allowed us to buy a house and start to feel like we could have a family and can raise our kids. We have two kids now. I live next door to uh, one of my brothers, two doors down from my sister, three doors down from my stepbrother. So they were all kind no, of in a... Your sister was next door on the other side. Oh, next door on the other and side. And your brother was two doors down. Oh, yeah. We weren't in the middle. <laughs> we, or we weren't on the edge. But we, but they were all... Um, we had this whole sort of four house in a row of our family. And... Um, <laughs> And it, and it, and our my my brother had several kids that were our age, our kids' age, and they could play together. It was just like just felt like a lot of stuff had sort of gelled together in ministry and in our family, and uh, and 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 we just were in our new house. We just poured our back patio, like we we're just kind of getting settled in there, and we were sitting back there, and um, in the evening, and kids were in bed, and we were just sort of talking about life, and I think we said something like. Um, you know, I, this is great and all, um, but maybe, maybe like 10 years <laughs> down the road, we ought to think about um, talking about planting a church in Utah. Now, that, I think that that night was probably the first time we'd ever talked about, like really about yeah. the possibility of church planting. Well, and it was weird because I can't remember who said it first, but it was like, I feel like we need to plant a church in Utah. And the other one was like, yeah, me too. Like it yeah. was one of those things we hadn't talked about it, but we were both feeling it. And for me, one of the things that really confirmed that it was God's call at this time is I had a lot of years where I was not content at our church. I mean, to the point where I was the worst wife, like I would look for new jobs for my husband online. Like it was, I was terrible. But at this point, I felt like, you know what? I really love our church. We have great friends. We could live in this house forever. I can't believe that we had were able to buy just this perfect house for us. And I was completely content for the first time in our marriage. <laughs> so we thought 10 years, you know, 10 years from now, once the kids are a little older and, you know, things we can start that conversation. Um, and so the next day when I went into work, my, uh, uh, my supervisor, you know, we have a weekly meeting and he's chatting and he says, Lauren, have you ever thought about, uh, church planting? And, uh, and I told him, um, that, well, yeah, you know, actually we, we talked about someday maybe seeing that as part of our plan. We don't know for sure what God's up to, but maybe that, and, and if so, it would probably be something like Utah. It'd be, we'd be moving far away and going somewhere there. And so he, he said, well, you know, um, we're, we were part of an organization, our church in Fresno, uh, called Converge Worldwide. We were in the Pacific Northwest uh, district of that. But he said, you know, there's probably a district of people that are church planting, that uh, part of the Converge Worldwide that's over there in Utah. You ought to check in with them and see what they're up to. And um, uh, yeah, yeah, it's a good idea. See what, they're, see what they are up to over there. So, <laughs> so I... Um, the day emailed or, or called or something, the, the Rocky Mountain District, just to see what Utah and church planting, uh, what was going on over there. And we got back an email that said uh, that the board of, of overseers for Rocky Mountain, that they, they, had, they had been praying recently about um, getting churches planted in Utah. At the time, there were no churches planted in Utah. There had been one like in, you know, years and years and years and years and years and years ago, but it had long since died. And so there's nothing left in Utah, but that they had been energized recently and felt called to see some churches put there. And, um, and so that was, that was interesting, you know, so all of a sudden we had this, 
we had this, you know, this moment where we both thought, ah, church planning someday and, and probably Utah. We had our my <laughs> church encouraging me to look into church planting. And then we had the Converged Rocky Mountain people saying, yeah, we're feeling a call by God to begin planting churches in Utah again. And there hasn't been that for, you know, 20, 30 years. They haven't had that kind of um, decision or energy in church planting that way. And so that was all very interesting. And we thought, well, uh, let's let's see what that step would look like and started talking to them about, well, what, what would church planting in Utah look like? And uh, one of the things that they encouraged us to do was to um, make an appointment to go through what they called the assessment. We should probably talk about assessment, but maybe on a different, uh, yeah. different time because there's a lot that goes into that that we could talk about. So much. Yeah. But it was really good. Uh, ultimately... Um, it was a chance for us to refine what a church plant might look like. And, uh, and you know, I will say this, this is a recurring theme that you'll hear from me anyway, throughout this, anything that we record. And it's <laughs> that um, I really believe that God has a good way of making me not know so many things. <laughs> like there is a, like a naivete that he gives me that <laughs> makes me think that, oh yeah, we'll just go do something. And I have, <laughs> but I have no idea how or why or when, or I have no idea how that's going to work out. And yet he sort of uses that to get me to go somewhere yeah. because if I had known. There's no way we would have come. No, <laughs> no. If I had known what assessment was like, I probably wouldn't have gone. If I had known what church planting was going to be like, probably wouldn't have gone. Um, it, it, so many of our steps along the way <laughs> would not have done it. Um, but, uh, but looking back, I'm so glad that he made me not know what I was doing so that uh, so that we'd go. Now, there's probably things that if I had known and I had someone come alongside me and help me through it, it wouldn't have been so daunting and yeah. uh, and it would have been very helpful. We could have probably you know managed some of our other steps a little better along the way. Uh, but uh, but so glad that 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 he uh, moved us along in the journey the way he did. Yep, God is good. I mean, we are like I said, we are just normal. Christians. And I feel like we're not gifted in a lot of the things that we see all the church planters at the conferences. I mean, even like we, I still dress how I <laughs> dressed years ago. Lauren has been wearing plaid since 2000. And I think he had this one really great period where church planters were wearing plaid. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. But now he's out again. Or I could fit in. I yeah, could fit in he fit in for a couple of years in the plaid phase, but <laughs> but not anymore. But the great thing is, is that we have really learned to trust God. We've seen that he is faithful and that nothing is too hard for him. Mm -hmm. In spite of our weaknesses, he has done amazing things here. And now we have a church in... Centerville, Utah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so, man, that's, that's been pretty exciting. So I would, I would just uh, kind of sum up, I think some of what my ramblings have been about on this one, just about call, just thinking through uh, that, that normal Christians should think through um, the great commission and how God uh, has equipped them to be used toward the great commission. And if part of that is a pastor teacher, then that's awesome. And uh, if that's alongside another church, involved in ministry in another church, that's awesome. And if it's to go and reach a different population somewhere else that's underserved or needs uh, new churches, and you're, you've been equipped to, to be able to do that through um, uh, ministry together with, a, with your spouse or with 
training or whatever, like, uh, God, God can get you through that and he can move you through that. Even if you're not the all-star that, that you think a church planner should be. But we want to be here to help make sure that your marriage doesn't fall apart in the process. In the process. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So awesome. Good game. Good game. Okay, so that was our show for today. Yeah, if you liked it, tell a friend and do all the subscribe stuff so you can find the next one we do. Thanks for listening to the Church Planting Together podcast. See ya.